Our first scripture reading this morning is from Exodus chapter 24, verses 12 through 18. The Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and wait there, and I will give you the tablets of stone with the law and the commandment which I have written for their instruction. So Moses set out with his assistant, Joshua, and Moses went up into the mountain of God. To the elders he had said, Wait here for us until we come to you again, for Aaron and her are with you. Whoever has a dispute may go to them. Then Moses went up on the mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain. The glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days. On the seventh day, God called to Moses out of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain. Moses was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. Our second scripture reading is from Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 9. Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. He was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my son, the beloved, with him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. These are our sacred stories. Thanks be to God. Jesus, Peter, James, and John trudge up the mountain. They went up by themselves, the scripture says, but they're not alone for long. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. And suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Moses and Elijah. If you know their stories, then you know that they had similar glowing experiences. Moses returned to the people glowing following his second trip up Mount Sinai to meet with God. He made his second trip up the mountain after 40 days of praying. Elijah encountered God as a small whispering voice after traveling 40 days to get to the same mountain where Moses met with God. After this encounter, he covered himself in a mantle, a blanket. Elijah, instead of dying, was carried up to heaven in a chariot that shone so brightly it looked like it was on fire. So Moses spent 40 days praying, and Elijah spent 40 days traveling, and Jesus, we know after his baptism, spent 40 days in the wilderness. Each of their encounters with God involved intense light. 
Moses was shining so brightly he had to cover his face with a veil. Elijah and that shining chariot, and now Jesus is glowing too. We've largely assumed that this shining and 40-day similarity which make Moses and Elijah the logical choices to join Jesus and the disciples on the mountain. But I wonder if the covering, the hiding, should get a little more of our attention. Jesus glows and Peter says, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If you wish, I'll make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Peter wants to make tents for everyone. Maybe he thinks, this is amazing. Why don't we just stay here? Let me build structures to keep us safe and we won't ever need to leave. No need to change a thing. Does Peter, consciously or not, realize that if Jesus can be transfigured, then Peter cannot remain unchanged? And maybe change frightens him. So let's just pitch some tents, keep things the way they are, hunker down and ride it out. I'll stay here in my tent and everything will stay the same. Jesus will be the same and I will be the same. I wonder if this is the impulse that has Moses covering his face. Maybe the same thing that had Elijah hiding under a blanket. Transfiguration means change. Encountering God means change. And change is so often hard, so often painful. And so we run from it. We build dwellings and we refuse to be moved. We cover our faces, we cover our bodies. Maybe we convince ourselves that the change can wait. It's not really necessary. The time's not right. The problem that needs to be addressed isn't so bad. That the new way to do it can't really be that much better. That we're just too old or too young or too fat or too thin or too rich or too poor. That it's too Tuesday. It's too Saturday, too scary, too strange. But like it or not, changes everywhere we look. In the mirror as our faces gain more wrinkles and children as they grow taller and stronger and smarter. The world around us. Streams wash dirt and stones from higher places to lower places. Untended gardens fill with weeds, roads with potholes. A politician publicly acknowledges struggles with mental health. Denver police create a team to reduce gun harm. Jimmy Carter is now in hospice. New scientific discoveries emerge all the time, and new spiritual epiphanies make themselves known. Today of all days, this day that we celebrate not only transfiguration but evolution, today we must acknowledge that change marks our lives, our world our science, and our religion. Nothing stays the same. Living things evolve. The theory of evolution by natural selection was first formulated in Charles Darwin's book On the Origin of Species, published in 1859. 
The theory has two main points, says Brian Richmond, who's the curator of human origins at the American Museum of Natural History in New York City. All life on Earth is connected and related to each other. And this diversity of life is a product of modifications of populations by natural selection, where some traits are favored in an environment over others. So what's evolution? Everything's connected and everything changes. That's shorthand. How do we feel about change? Are we hiding, denying, avoiding? Are we embracing, enabling, encouraging? All life is connected and related and all life changes. And even if we typically embrace change, certainly we can empathize with Peter and Moses and Elijah. I know sometimes I want to stay in bed with the covers pulled over my head. So Peter suggests that they build tents and before anyone can respond, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them. And from the cloud, a voice said, this is my son, the beloved. With him, I am well pleased. Listen to him. Jesus changes. The disciples change. Moses and Elijah change. God's love remains. At Jesus' baptism, he hears, this is my beloved child with whom I am well pleased. And now these words echo once again. Love never dies. We are all connected in love. Change is a given. How we respond to change is not a given. What if we choose love? What if we live with the constant of change by adding a constant of compassion? Lent begins this Wednesday. 40 days, not counting Sundays, that lead us to Easter. What would you like to change, to see evolving over these 40 days of Lent? I'm not suggesting we use Lent as a time to renew or recreate all those New Year's resolutions. But this Lent, what if we focus on changes that will make our world more just, more compassionate? Changes that will work toward healing and peace. What if instead of giving something up, what if we give something of ourselves? our empathy, our listening, our connection? What if we add something in? More love, more silence, more kindness to our days. This Lent, what if we leave our tents, our veils, our blankets, and embrace change? In poet Cleo Wade's TED Talk, she says, Want to change the world? Start by being brave enough to care. She continues, The world will say to you, we need justice. Investigate. Find truth beyond the stories you're told. Find truth beyond the way things seem. 
Ask why. Ask, is this fair? Ask, how did we get here? Do this with compassion. Do this with forgiveness. Learn to forgive others. Start by truly learning how to forgive yourself. We are all more than our mistakes. We are all more than who we were yesterday. We are all deserving of dignity. See yourself in others. Recognize that your justice is my justice and mine is yours. There can be no liberation for me, for any of us, until we're all free. The world will say to you, I am violent. Respond by saying, I am not. Not with my words and not with my actions. The world will say to you, we need to heal the planet. Start by saying, I don't need a plastic bag. Recycle, reuse. Start by picking up one piece of trash on your block. The world will say to you, there are too many problems. Don't be afraid to be part of solutions. Start by discussing the issues. We cannot overcome what we ignore. The more we talk about things, the more we see that the issues are connected because we are connected. The world will say to you, we need to end racism. Start by healing it in your own family. The world will say to you, how do we speak to bias and bigotry? Start by having the first conversations at your kitchen table. She concludes, the world will say to you, there is so, so devote yourself to love. Love yourself so much that you can love others without barriers and without judgment. And when the world asks us big questions that require big answers, we have two options. One, to feel overwhelmed and unqualified and do nothing. And two, to start with one small act and qualify ourselves. It's tempting to see the change around us and to want to stay put, want to hide. Perhaps especially when there are changes we feel we have no control over. But if we stay on the mountain, if we cover ourselves and are unmoved, then nothing ever gets better. Can we choose to change toward love, toward justice, toward peace? We are transformed and transforming, always becoming. Growth and change can be hard. And when we set out to change, when we are intentional and deliberate, change can open our hearts and our minds and our welcome. Change can bring peace and create justice. So in these 40 days, let's move out of our tents and away from our veils. Let's throw off the covers. Let's throw off our feeling of overwhelm and apathy. Let's start and then let's keep going. One small act 
at a time, one connection and then the next. These 40 days, let's change with love. Amen. Oh,